I saw the avalanche coming. It charged over the step of dirty brown ice above like a breaking wave of black water. It hammered back down into the gully, driving into us like the fist of God, and I screamed. The avalanche slapped my crampons out from under me, and I was folded in half. I was going to die. The animal in me fought to force my hand into the torrent to grab something solid. My crampons raked over the ice as I stumbled, thrusting my knees into the pressure of the onslaught, trying to get my feet under me. I shouted and I thrashed, and the surging snow pushed my arms down at the same time that it swept my feet out to flap like rope-anchored logs in a strong current. My anchor leash was as tight as a cable. It hummed with a high-frequency vibration that was transmitted into my bowels along the waist belt of my harness. My senses were overcome. I didn't know which way was up. I was terrified. The avalanche surged onto any surface that opposed it, and I felt the power and the weight of it. It felt like hundreds of tons of sand pouring through the hourglass of the mountain, piling onto us, burying us. Desperate and profane objections were torn from my lips, then muffled and swept off down the mountain. I thought that I would never see my wife again. I knew that I could lose love and life here. I started to plead, to pray. No, please, no. The avalanche began to pulsate. My right hand found my locking carabiner. My fingers wrapped into it and the muscles of my hand bulged into a firm, hard fist. My left crampon scratched into the ice. I slammed its metal spikes in four times and forced myself upright into the flow. I sensed Ward to my left, had felt the knocking of his body against me, and heard the rip of his screams like the tearing of air from an open window when trains pass. I looked up and saw the hazy warmth of his yellow jacket, like the flash of a fast-moving hull from deep underwater. There was no air. Because I'd leveled my face to the avalanche's flow, an ice-cold seal of moving snow pressed over my face until I panicked and thrust my head down to create a channel in which to breathe. The avalanche continued, for minutes, and the rushing snow drummed like a waterfall onto the taut fabric of my hood, stretched tight over my helmet. There were surges, and with each surge I quivered and prayed that there would be no chunks of solidly bonded snow. I knew the impact of any firm mass would snap the single nine-sixteenths-inch loop of webbing that the three of us were anchored to. I did not want to die. I wanted my life. Ward was still beside me, and left of him, I assumed, and prayed, was Kevin. Mark had been on rappel, last man down, when the avalanche hit. I did not know about Mark. Please, please, let Mark be alive. Please. The pressure was so cold... Millions of ice fragments, the snow, poured over my head and neck and back, each one stealing a small measure of my body heat. After 15 minutes, I was trembling from hypothermia. The avalanche continued. At 20 minutes, my mind allowed the macabre irony of dying from the cold, instead of the physical violence of the avalanche, to enter. <laughs> 